Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I am very known to be loud. That's your job. It's, it's uh, it's a blessing and a curse, you know. It, it, I even whisper loud, so there you go. I have a Polish friend who's a sound engineer for a band, and I have a Czech one too. Czech one too. Czech. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done. The night podcast done presenteras of Sonos. Hi, uh, it's uh, Corey Taylor here from uh, Stone Sour Slipknot, and uh, I am here in uh, Frederick Straga's apartment. Um, very very humbled to be here and uh just kind of looking around at uh i mean where do you not stop and look i mean from the vinyl to the 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 trades well the 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 collected uh the comic books to the photos i mean it is a it is a oh and a cramps box set i mean come on dude I mean, it's kind of a feast for the eyes, really, when you get down to it. So even an old school geek like me is is very much at home. So, um, yeah, God, there's so many things to talk about. How long have you read comics? Since I was six years old, I think. Okay. okay. I'm a pretty big Marvel fan. Yes. When I, when I was nine years old, my parents went to the States. Okay. And my, my father managed to... Uh, get us, you know, a special visit to Marvel Comics in New York, oh. so we could watch how they, you know, made the comics and everything. Nice. And I, I was so small that I couldn't really speak English, but I remember asking if John Buscema was there because yeah. he, he was my favorite artist. <laughs> nice. Who um, I think he, he did the Conan. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. So you know that's been a huge part of my life, and I, I know a lot of people complain about. The never-ending wave of superhero movies. Yeah, but I, you know, I can understand them, but I still feel immensely happy yeah. that they're being made because mm. I waited for so long for those movies. You know, I feel I, the same way. Yeah, my entire childhood was just lo- a long wait for a Spider-Man movie. Exactly. And now, you know, finally, they're being made. Not- yeah. No, absolutely. I, I was the same way, and, and and watching comic book movies get done badly was almost worse than not having them at all. Wasn't there a Spider-Man TV series where he just throws a net that he's carrying it's, on the bad guys? He, he doesn't yeah. shoot it from his arms. It he, looks like he's just throwing the net. He doesn't speak. His his mask is horrible. Like 
the whole thing was bad. I have a, a few episodes on VHS tape because I, I, I collect all that stuff as well. And it's, uh, I remember watching that when I was a kid thinking it was a lot cooler than it actually was. So in the mask, his, his eyes look like a couple of thimbles that have just been cut out. It's so terrible. Ugh. So yeah, the, the, the fact that the quality um, has caught up with the imagination and the technology has been able to marry some of that stuff together is, is very, very cool as a fan, you know. Um, what, was your, what was your favorite comic when you were growing up? Fantastic Four when I was a kid. Okay. Now I'm, I'm very much into Dazzler. I was going to say from your t-shirt. I'm okay. wearing a Dazzler t-shirt. Yes, yes, yes. The, the issue when she was went up against the Galactus. Yeah. Who's basically um he's not even even a um, he's not immortal, he's a god yeah. in some ways. He's a, he's a world eater. So yes. and Dazzler was a disco singer. <laughs> yeah. She was a mutant disco singer and she yeah. was always trying to get her career going mm. while her parents wanted her to go to law school and she wanted to sing. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, you know that they, they haven't done a Dazzler movie, but there is a script online. You're kidding. There is a script for a Dazzler movie where she um, teams up with uh, the, um, Kiss. Oh, okay. And, well, and yeah. Kiss and the village people. Okay. Yeah, and they're right. fighting some kind of evil. Yeah. And, and this, this script was never made. And it's obvious when you read it that yeah. the person who wrote it was, you know, consuming massive amounts of cocaine yes because <laughs> it's you know the movie would have been awful and it would have costed more oh. than any other movie in history oh, it would have been br- it would have been can't stop still, the music I'm, I'm, sti- with, I'm still waiting for, for dazzler to have her own show on um it'd be on interesting because it, i really enjoy daredevil yeah no absolutely oh god yes the the netflix shows are so good i love jessica jones i thought jessica jones was great um, the, the Luke Cage, uh, series was awesome. I haven't seen enough of the Iron Fist one yet. So I'm, I, but though that was my, like, I was the same way with you. Like when I, I started reading comics in the seventies, um, my mom, we moved around a lot. And, but one of the, when the few things that my, we always had was like this fistful of beat up comics. It just seemed like every household had a fistful of beat up comics that kind of sat next to the magazines that nobody read, you know? And I would always flip through them. So I kind of learned to read by reading comics. And my favorite comic, and I can never remember the number, and I don't know why, because it's so ingrained in my, my skull, uh, it was this, uh, this Marvel team up. It was a spider. It was amazing. Spider-Man, but it was more of a Marvel team up and it was Spider-Man and Captain America. My two favorites, um, going against, uh, Electro and apparently Marvel's knockoff Dr. Freeze. Like I think his name was sub zero or something like that. And it was just a great epic battle because the whole thing starts out with Cap and Spider-Man fighting each other because they're both chasing, these two villains, right? Think, but they, but they think that they're they're both responsible for what's going on. So they're fighting each other, thinking that it's yeah, it's very it's a little more convoluted than than I'm leading you on to think. But I was just mesmerized by that story, you know. And you're wearing a Blackula T-shirt, yes. the old black exploitation Dracula movie. Yeah, but it makes yeah. me think of, of bats. Yes you're, yes, you're quite much into Batman as well. I, I oh, assume. I love Batman. Yeah, yeah. Of I, all the DC characters, he's my favorite. I heard that you do a really great impression of Bane oh, in yeah. Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, it's you know, it, it, the the key to Bane is the the proper cupping of the hands and then the lilting 
straight like the 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 eccentric Tom Hardy accent that he puts on. So you have to, you know, you have to you have to prepare, you know, and you get there. It doesn't matter what we do. What matters is our plan. Yes. <laughs> it's just okay. It's not, <laughs> not awesome. nearly as good as it could be. Very but. impressive. <laughs> oh, you're very nice. Thank you. So, Frederick, I, uh, I brought some music um, that I was hoping to play and uh, hopefully we could enjoy together. The, the first song is uh, one of my favorites from when I was growing up. It's uh, Pop Music by M. So happy. Yeah. When did really you hear this for the first time? I heard this when I was a kid. I remember the video being on MTV, and uh, I had a ritual uh, when I was a kid. I would I would run home from school, and I would put on the new channel MTV, uh, and I would but I would watch I would watch GI Joe first, and then I'd put on MTV and then I'd put that on because I was kind of a latchkey kid. Um, that my mom worked a lot, so it was just me and my sister really hanging out at home. And uh, yeah, I just watched that, and that was one of the first videos I saw was, was pop music. I was thinking about your latest single with the stone sour fabulous oh yes is that the opposite of being fabulous very much so yeah fabulous yeah 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 i i love plays on words i love turn of phrase and and not so much puns but you know trying to find new ways to describe old ideas you know like that's i guess as a writer is my whole thing and that whole that whole song is dedicated to this almost new wave of celebrity you know where there's very little content and and for all intents and purposes not a lot of on the outside as well and yet there are there are millions of them and it's just like and it's it's almost like the andy warhol adage you know in the future everybody will be famous for 15 minutes i think it's more like two minutes now. it's well i don't know i mean it's it's more like six months now. It's like weird. It, it's a, it clean. Well, especially in America where sadly you don't really have to do a lot to be famous, but I mean, it's yeah. So it's, so that's, that's just me being, you know, the, the grumpy old man screaming at that crap and just, yeah. You know, still there's something about the lyrics in the song that, you know, made me think of someone who's having a relapse into decadent rock and roll behavior Oh yeah, with the okay. whole been a long time since I rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah chorus yeah but i'm not sure if that's the what's the purpose of the song yeah yeah it's i mean the 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 thing for me using that was was almost like having that as a touchstone in there to kind of come back to is like there's actual people out there who who deserve their celebrity (laughs) you know it's for me it was just a good it was a cool way for me to kind of you know 
do an homage to the, the bands that I grew up listening to and and the the reasons why I still make music, you know, and to and to kind of use that to to fuel my uh, aggression, I guess. And you managed to reference two Rolling Stones songs, mm. uh, "Beast of Burden" and "It's Only Rock and Roll," yeah, on the yeah. same track. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good pretty good trick. And Zeppelin, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> How about the the album title "Hydrograd"? You know, that yeah. sounds like something you would read on a club poster yeah. tonight. DJ Hydrograd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a first. I haven't heard that one yet. That's good. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it sounds vaguely scientific. It was, uh, you know, honestly, it was my brain misfiring. I was running through an airport trying to catch a flight, um, and it was it was in Eastern Europe. I can't remember what 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 airport it was, but the tech technology hadn't really caught up with the 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 airport itself. So the gate info was not very, you know, it was the old school '80s digital block number letter Timex kind of whatever. And I was running and I was looking for my gate and I had just happened to look up and my brain just saw the word hydrograd. And I kind of kept going. I was like, I was like, well, what the, what? I turned around and I came back. It wasn't even close. It was like, didn't even start with an H. It was like Milan. And I just cut stand. I was like, oh, that's scary. You know? So I turned around and I just thought, well, hydrograd is kind of a cool name. And it just stuck with me forever. And, I wrote a song on this album called Hydrograd, and I was like, that could be a cool name for the album. Yeah. So this uh, the next song that I've uh, brought brought with me is uh, the one inside by uh, Shining. Shining, the Swedish band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. are they are they Swedish or is this the the Norwegian band? Uh, I think this is the Norwegian Shining. God, I love it. Yeah, definitely Norwegian. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, there's there's a Swedish shining as well. Yeah, they, they yeah. play. I think they call their music depressive suicide black metal. That'll do it. <laughs> this, this is more new metalish. This was. I, I tell you what. The thing I love about this is that it's so percussive and so. Um, but there's a groove to it that really just kind of. And I love groove. I love it when when music has a ton of ass in it. I will just just it just starts me moving. And I love the fact that the singer plays sax as well. He has he does a little sax solo in the middle of it. I just I just love it. I just think it's so violent and and good. I read your latest book, um, You're Making Me Hate You, <laughs> which is basically you complaining about stupidity. Well, yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, how, how 
if you get flu-like symptoms from being around stupid people, how did you manage such a long career in rock where stupidity is quite often celebrated? Uh, that, well, well, alcohol helps for a while um, just to, you know, because you, it helps you blend in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, man, I don't know. I, you know, the thing, the, the problem with me is half the time you feel like you can't relate to anybody because they're talking about stuff that you just are like, really why why are you spending that much time talking about something so frivolous and ridiculous like what for instance well just well i mean for instance just all this the shit about you know he didn't like my photo on instagram or on twitter it's like they didn't like it they didn't like nobody liked it why didn't anybody like it oh, god tell me about it i posted this the other day and nobody liked that oh god you know what i posted three and he only liked one of them You know, what the hell? That's a two-hour conversation that makes me want to kill myself. And I sit back, and it's almost like dumb tennis. I'm just watching this just lob, lob, lob. You got to be fucking kidding me, man. That's a conversation now. Whereas before, you could have been at least slightly intrigued and stimulated. If you're talking about ideas, I'm there. If you're talking about people, God, shut up. I don't want to hear about it. Still, you, you write also that it's difficult for yourself to see yourself as the voice of reason Shit. since you once uh, stuck your dick in an orange for your meet and greet with fans <laughs> and you, you were paid $26.10. Yeah, in change. In yeah, change. Yeah, it was, it was all, I mean, it was all collected, you know, we had it in a hat. It was, uh, I earned that, okay? For, I'm just saying, I, I felt good about that. Um, and they never forgot that meet and greet. <laughs> But you know, I mean, they, they got their money's worth. They they damn right. Well, and so did I. You know, I can't remember what I bought with it, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a good that was a good day. This is my favorite quote from your book: "Humans dress like shit, drive like shit, fly like shit, wait like shit, love like shit, talk like shit, act like shit, listen to shit, dance to shit, jump at shit, laugh at shit, make up shit, break up shit, and absolutely positively take no shit for it." <laughs> You know, it kind of reminds you of um, the old Slipknot song, People Equal Shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's probably what the inspiration was. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, I forgot I wrote that. That's a really good one. <laughs> But still, are you familiar with the Flynn Effect? No. Uh, the Flynn Effect is named after James R. Flynn, a scientist who has compared test results on uh, IQ tests okay. throughout history. And they he did this big... Uh, comparison between, um, you know, where we studied tests taken by people born over a 100-year period in Dumfries, Scotland, and in Des Moines, Iowa, actually. You're kidding. And, okay. Yes, and he found out that the test score results are just increasing the whole time. And they, they increase so much that someone who was born 100 years ago and considered quite smart would be borderline retard today. Wow. Because people's minds are expanding so much while you know the economy goes well yeah yeah you know you people eat better and they so even though people are watching michael bay movies and you know getting <laughs> run over in the street while taking self selfies they're actually becoming smarter interesting huh so maybe this is kind of like a uh an after effect of like the ennui of of having too much free intellect to to spread i don't know it's i think huh You know, people can't spend time on intellectual things now, whereas back in the days, they were worried about, you know, starving. 
True. <laughs> no, that's a very valid point. So ev even, you know, abstract it, thinking wasn't really done back then. Uh, you know, the way it, it is now. Is it, is it our intellect or is it our understanding of intellect, though? I mean, that's because there's a difference between smart and savvy. Um, and I feel like in the last 20 years, because our, our, our ability to relate to stuff like that is, is, is creeping up exponentially, especially with, with every generation being so quick to adapt to the technology. Does that necessarily mean though, that they're smart? You know what I'm saying? I you mean, know, they, you, they might be smart, but they're not wise. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And I think that's the key. And maybe that's why I'm so angry about it because it's like, it's like, you can be smart all you want, but if you don't retain it, what's the point? You know? I was surprised that, that he studied people in Des Moines. Yeah. You know, that's quite you know what, though? It's, it's, it's like the heart of the heartland. It's like that, it's that pinhole in the middle of the map. Like if you were going to try and find the exact middle of America, that's where it would be. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's, it's just what it is. So it's almost like if you were going to go to the, to the middle of nowhere, there you go, Des Moines, Iowa. So that makes sense. Um, so the next song from from one of my favorite albums, really, uh, it, it's a, a cool thing by Sonic Youth. Oh, yes. They had a huge influence on other bands' careers yeah. as well. I mean, they're the reason that Nirvana was signed exactly. in the first place. Yeah, and you can hear their influence in like uh, the Dandy Walls and stuff like that. Like, I just think that I just their their music was so interesting. You know, it wasn't that standard J11 kind of chord progressions. You just felt there was something new when you heard them. What I like best about this album is actually the cover. You know, oh that, yeah! There's a drawing of a young couple going away in a car, and the girl says, "I stole my sister's boyfriend. It was all whirlwind, heat, and the flash. Within yeah. a week, we killed my parents and hit the road." <laughs> so, I have that, that on a T-shirt. That, that yes, and that yeah. T-shirt is you know actually more famous than Sonic Youth ever were. Yeah. So yeah. many people wear that T-shirt. Yeah, and probably never heard the album. Which I, is I actually had a, I had a Star Wars parody with, with Lando Calrissian. <laughs> oh, really? Who says, I stole my friend's Falcon. Uh. Within a week, we, we, blew, we blew up the Death Star and hit road. <laughs> oh, but I I've, seen, see I've, seen, I've seen hundreds of variations on that. Mm -hmm. Now, your first book was about the seven deadly sins and you committing every single one of them. Oh, yes. But then, you know, the, the book about stupidity, mm. you're making me hate you, is kind of about what happens when people give in to those sins. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, especially if you don't learn from them, you know? Like, for me, it's like, yeah, I, I, I did all that weird stuff, but I'm not stuck in it, you know? Like, I'm not spinning my wheels in that. I... I was able to kind of live my life, have, you know, not be, you know, decadent, but I, you know, I had some good times. And, uh, but at the same time, it's like, I learned that, you know, once 
once the party's over, it, it's over. You know, you don't you don't try to cling to it because then you turn into a caricature. And then you're making me hate you is is basically my take on the people who couldn't leave the party. You know, <laughs> just kind of you're know, waiting for the doors to open. They're beating on the outside, and you're like, dude, just you know. At what point does a party become perpetual stupidity, you know? So which of the seven deadly sins did you commit the most? Oh, rage. Rage, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I still fight that, man. Like I, And it's a lot of people think it's funny. And, and for the, I try to turn it into humor. but the, the lust chapter is quite promiscuous, though. Uh, y yes. There, yeah. There's a very entertaining story about you having a threesome back in Iowa. Yes. When the entire party that you're at decide to surprise you. <laughs> yeah. And you decide to stage dive from the bed. Kind of, yeah. And what happens? I, I, I jumped right into a ceiling fan. <laughs> I still have a scar on my head from it. I have a scar here. I have a tiny cut here. It bruised the tip of my nose and it blackened both my eyes. <laughs> so you, you threw yourself into a ceiling fan. Yes. It's yeah. interesting how life can go from total ecstasy to complete pain within a few seconds. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, it was a good party. But they didn't, you know, the thing that bothered me is they didn't tell me I was covered in blood. You know, they let me walk around like that for hours. And then I looked in a mirror and I was like, what the hell? So I looked like an ass the whole time. So uh, the next song I have is uh, Megadeth, uh, Liar. It's from the So Far So Good So What album. You said sometime um, regarding Dave Mustaine's political views that mm. no one should put a microphone before him unless it's on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's people who can turn around and say that about me as well. So I oh. mean, it's, but that's the thing. It's, you know, for me, there's this, there's this meme that's been going around blabbermouth of me. It's like, but what does Corey Taylor think? And I'm like, oh, Christ. Because. I get so much press for my opinions that uh, at this point it, it's almost ridiculous. And the the thing that people don't understand is like I don't chase these interviews down. They ask me and I give my opinion, you know, why should I hold myself back? It, it's I would rather be myself than be somebody else and It's it's only when it's picked up by all these media outlets and kind of you know cut and pasted all over the world that it turns into something where it's like oh Corey's chiming in on something again. It's like no, I look I didn't I didn't hold a press conference and say all this crap. You know, well, maybe you happen to be quite quotable as well. So I am quite. You know, most most musicians aren't very quotable. Yeah, can they? yeah, that's true. I guess it's uh, maybe maybe I was less quotable. Okay, I'll work on that. You know, I can see that how this Megadeth song would appeal to someone who's, you know, having a rough childhood. Yeah. There's yeah. a line that goes, Your daddy is a wino and your, your mommy's, mommy's quite, quite insane. insane. <laughs> From altar boy to sewer rat, you don't yeah, give a damn. damn. <laughs> the, the, the best is like, your, 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 
Your girlfriend's got herpes to go with her hep and AIDS. I was like, what in the hell, dude? I just thought it was great. And then in the middle, there's that crazy, and to this day, I still remember the words. It's like, star, star, star spread, it's pain, pain, piss and venom, then you vein. Just such a percussive, like, just very cool, like, breakdown thing that I had never really heard before. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. You reacted very strongly when uh, the site Gawker last year suggested that the typical Trump voters oh, were yeah. racists listening to Slipknot. Mm. Why would they assume that, you know, you have the same audience as Ted Nugent? Uh, it's a stigma in our country. It, it's it's different here. Um, but it's a stigma in our country that metal fans are knuckle-dragging, moronic hate mongers, basically. Uh, which... I, I guess there are examples of that, but you know, the, and the thing is I, I spoke to the writer and he was like, I was going to use corn. I was like, well, that's even worse. Corn that doesn't corn wouldn't want you to say that, you know? And it, it just, it just bothered me that people would stigmatize certain bands like that without even listening to the lyrics or, or looking at the, the audience as a, as a whole and, and try to, to lump us in with some sort of, erratic rhetoric like that and I, I i i try not to dip my toe into too much stuff like that but at that point i was like nope i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let that stand you know okay i'd like to play a few songs too here's a track that you've expressed your love for many times okay So this is Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker, Lover Man. It's one of the lost recordings when he was in L.A. Got stranded in L.A. Actually, because he was uh, he was so fucked up that Dizzy Gillespie left him. Um, regret uh, uh, reluctantly, but left him. Yeah, like he just kind of disappeared into the night. And um, the thing I love about that recording is the way that it starts because it's called Lover Man and it's to me it's just such a beautiful metaphor for what love can be like those faltering you're just waiting for it to kick in you know and then all of a sudden out of nowhere these bursts of, of beauty and and, uh, and and leveling off and then finding that comfortable position but it is so so sad to listen to. It really gives me an LA vibe. You know, I think yeah. of Raymond Chandler or very much so. Know. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, yeah. Like film noir. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that that uh, almost like a Elmore Leonard kind of vibe, you know, like just... Just sitting back, you know, cigarette smoke and through yellow lights at a bar, um, trying, you know, wrestling with the issue, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the case you're working on or, you know, like life's tragic moments, just trying to figure it out. That is the, the perfect soundtrack for that. You worked both in a record store and a porn shop. Yeah. Which did you like best? Porn shop. Oh God, dude. You talk about you talk about some decadence. Like that was <laughs> and it was the perfect time too, because I was like twenty-five and like I worked midnight to eight. I had the I had the shop to myself. Like, dude, I if I told you half the stuff, like that'll be another book. But if I told you half the stuff I got up to, man, oh they would have fired me within seconds. <laughs> It's crazy. So, did what do you mean? Were people having sex in the store? Or was oh it yeah, just- absolutely. Oh yeah, dude. Like it, all the time. Like it was, it was one of those places that, especially for Des Moines. I mean, it it was like come here and just let your inhibitions go. You know. So we had things like the preview rooms where you could ostensibly rent a video for the duration of the video. Um, you could rent it uh, for seven bucks for a small room, and then twelve bucks for a big room where couples could go in. So we became the like the low rent hotel for people to come and hook up, right? And uh, it was, oh, dude, it was brutal. Some of the stuff that went on in there was like insane. But you were fired from the record store for having long hair. Yeah. What, what kind of a record store was that? It was. I mean, it was a chain, uh, and this was back when. It's you know, long hair was still a stigma, especially in the Midwest. Now it's you know? more like you know, you need to have long hair yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. You'd, you'd think somebody with long hair would know what they were talking about when it came to music, you know? Yeah, I well and that just tells you what you know you know what you know what year it was. It was like ninety three. So it was still kind of a 
you know, people look back and they're, oh, yeah, that's when the hippies really thrived. Not really, you know, you couldn't keep a job. And it was, and the thing that sucked was because at the other, at one of the other stores at one of the other malls, there was a guy who had longer hair than I did. And, but they hid him from the uppers when they would come through to kind of check on everything. And the only reason I got, I, got, I was fired is because I got, I, they saw me. And they said, if he doesn't cut his hair, he's fired. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. So it's, yeah, it's stupid. Now, we've talked about superheroes okay. here today. Uh, here's a superhero song. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't heard this in 20 years. I love it. So, of course, this is the first song on Princess Batman soundtrack. Yes, yes. Oh, my which goodness. Pe- I remember people not really liking this when it first came out, because, uh-huh. you know, the Batman soundtrack is not as good as Love Sexy, the album that came out the year before. Yes, yes. But now when I listen to it, you know, those Kraftwerk-like synthesizers and everything, it's, it's insane. so groovy. Yeah, yeah. And it's... And, and, it's almost like people they're appreciating Prince retrospectively, you know. I was a huge Prince fan, you know, not just for the fact that he was amazing, but for you know, he he was from the Midwest. So for me, that was kind of like, you know, it was like it was awesome that somebody that you loved could be from the Midwest and be able to do something. So it, to me, it was it was almost like he can do it. I, you know, somebody like me can do it. You know. And you played in Minneapolis on the day he, he died. Yeah. And decided yeah. to start off your show with a cover of Purple Rain. Yeah. My uh, my solo show starts a very different way. I come out, I talk, I you know, I get the audience going, I you know, I just kind of fill them in on like where I've been that day. It's all improv, and then I do a Q&A, and then I come out and I and I play for like an hour and a half. It's like a 3-hour show. That day obviously very different. I knew that the people weren't going to be in the mood for that. I knew that it was almost like people were kind of holding their breath about, you know, something because they were just like they couldn't believe it. They're like me. They couldn't believe what had happened. So I just walked out on stage and started playing Purple Rain, which I had never played live before, you know. And I I knew that, you know, I I knew how to play it, but I'd never really sat down and learned it and played it, and I learned it that day and and just decided to do that and it the I cannot describe to you the emotion that was in the room. Like it was heavy. It was almost like humidity. It was so heavy you could feel it wrapped around you. The the second that people recognized the song, it evaporated and it became light and people started singing it. It was the loudest I've ever heard an audience sing in my life. It was it was humbling, man. In your latest book, you write about seeing Prince on the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah. And then you, you write that he's so sexy that you actually begin to question your sexuality. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's a great thing to write. It reminds me so much of one of my favorite movies, True Romance, where there's uh-huh. a scene with Christian Slater in the beginning. He's sitting in a bar yeah. trying to pick up this woman. And he says that if he had to fuck a guy, if his life depended on it, he would <laughs> fuck Elvis. Because Elvis was better looking than most women. (laughs) I remember that.
you complain a lot about modern pop music in your latest book. Yeah. Do you really feel it's that bad? I think most of it is. I think there are tones and stuff that are interesting in it, but for the most part, it's the same seven lines of garbage over the same erratic beat um that and you're gonna tell me that 12 writers came up with that are you kidding like when they do the grammys now and they have the writers list it looks like the dead of world war ii and you're like you, like 12 it took 12 of you to write that to write that you're kidding where one person wrote bohemian rhapsody 12 of you came up with this it's the monkeys writing shakespeare theory it was like i was like you gotta be kidding me. i think that's because someone is really good at writing hooks someone is really good at you know the bridge Someone is only doing the intros, so basically <laughs> That's they're pathetic. they're letting you know the experts handle the different parts of the song. Okay, it works like where's where's the know, other eight the, people though? You know, <laughs> it's like back in the days when they started to put up put together cars in a new way. Okay, you know, okay. instead of someone making the entire car, you had one worker doing the wheels, uh -huh. someone working on the motor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't. <laughs> it's, it's basically songwriting as a factory, but that's yeah. the way they wrote back, you know, from Motown. And, true, you know, true. You know, I mean, it's not. I don't. I, I, and it, and trust me, I, I make a distinction. Like some of it is really good. Like like, I like Bruno Mars. I like Ed Sheeran. I I love Adele. Obviously, um, there are a handful of them that I, I really enjoy. Um, There are certain bands, and and why does every song have to have like 12 guest spots too? Like you can't just do your own tune. Now you have to tour with this entourage of people where you can't perform your hit song without 12 guest spots and then pay them more than you're actually making. I think that's a hip hop thing. It's but it's every it's an everywhere thing yeah, because it's, not it's only that it's it's the DJ effect as well because look at the chain smokers. They don't have one song where they don't have a you know a featured artist. And it's 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 like that everywhere, and it's where and then you've got all of us just kind of going. We're just good, you know. I, <laughs> I discover a lot of new good pop music, but I find it difficult to stay away from, you know, their annoying media presence online. Oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I really love Kanye West, but I don't <laughs> love reading about him. Yeah, I try not to follow him in yeah. any way. Just listening to the music. That's yeah. you know where I. Yeah, I, but, but it's I difficult because he's everywhere. I think I don't know. I think he's overrated. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's talented, but I don't think he's as talented as everybody says. And I think he's he's figured out a way to fleece the masses with his clothing line and whatnot. It's pretty bad. You should I'm try sorry. listening to the life of Pablo. The whole. I just. I don't know. Like, I, it's it, a very surreal gospel gospel like <sighs> music. With the, I don't know, man. I, I haven't just, really heard anything like it. When I when I really really dislike someone's personality i can't get into their music that's interesting it, I, it's so true man like there's so many and there and it's been the reverse effect as well there are people who i can't like i've never met and i've enjoyed their music and then i meet them and they're horrible and then i can't listen to their music anymore um but but then it's the the opposite as well like their bands and stuff where i've not liked the music at first And then I meet them and I get to know them and I appreciate them and like them. And then I go back and it's like a whole thing. So music for me is very personal. And I, I've always held it very, very sacred. So if to me, your music is a reflection of who you are in a lot of ways. And if I know, if I 
meet you or I see and I see a lot of things, I just can't get behind it. I cannot enjoy the music. I have a lot of friends who stopped listening to R. Kelly after oh, okay. the whole sexual assault scandal. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I tried to listen to him anyway. It's, uh, I it's think like with Michael Jackson, closet. you know. Yeah. Michael Jackson was the greatest artist on earth yeah. in many ways. Yeah. And, you know, it's, no one really knows what he did, but it... Yeah, it will color the you way know, you know, he's, look he's not as it. condemned as Gary Glitter is. This is very true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I can maybe name two people who I know who were actually Gary Glitter fans, you know, like he was the Gary Glitter in, in America for the large, for a large part was just that song that you heard at, at sports events, you know, like people didn't even realize what was going on with him for the longest time. Um, Michael, I have a Michael Jackson tattoo. Like he was big to me, you know? Um, so hearing all of that and then having it, it just kept recurring and coming back like over the years. And it was just like, oh, dude, damn it. You know, it's, it's kind of the same thing going on with Bill Cosby right now. You know, I, I love comedians. Bill Cosby was my fa- one of my favorites. And I grew up memorizing his albums when I was a kid. And now it's like I can't even listen. I can't listen to any of that stuff. And, and I have it and burned in my memory from when I was like all of his stuff from the 60s. And it, I, I just, I listen to it, and I just, it just drives me nuts. I find it difficult to listen to artists who have, you know, killed people. Okay. Actually, you know, stabbed people yeah, to death. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I listen to a lot, a lot of black metal, yeah. where, where some of the bands are guilty of, yeah, horrible crimes. Yeah. Um, that, that's basically the only thing that really, you know, holds me back from listening to something. I could see that. I mean, honestly, and it, it's, I've never understood how that could drive people to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the reverse of that. Like I, it, cause, cause I'm like you, like I, like I heard, I was just like, nope, I can't support that. I can't. And then, but then you have people who tell you, it's like, yeah, man, I, I totally got into this band because he like killed somebody. I was like, what are you talking about? This is Depeche Mode playing on my Sono speaker. This is Depeche Mode live at the Pasadena Rose Bowl in 1988, and it's my favorite live album called 101. This is Depeche Mode live at the Pasadena Rose Bowl in 1988. Yeah. Uh, But why am I playing you this live album? (laughs) Uh, Because it was, uh, this album was the the first album I ever had sex listening to uh, when I was, uh, oh God, I can't remember, I was like 19 or something like that. It was, it's one of my favorite albums too, because I I love Depeche Mode, Um, just for the fact that it's just, it just... You put it on, and you just immediately feel sexy. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just every time I listen to Depeche Mode, there's just something that just feels sexy about it. You know, even their later stuff where they got more like rock and rollish. I think "I Feel You" is one of the best rock songs ever written, in my in my opinion. So why did you end up listening to this live album 
Oh, it was, it was the girl's choice. Like she was, uh, gosh, she was hot. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It was. So, so, and you were into the Pesh Mode at that point too? Or did she kind I mean, of I was, turn you on to them? I by was, being so but awesome? not as much as I am after, you know? So she totally, no pun intended, turned me on to Depeche Mode. Like it was, I gained a whole new appreciation for the rhythms of it. Let's put it that way. I can totally relate to that because the first album I had sex to was actually some great reward. Okay. Uh, another nice. Depeche Mode album. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid the the music was better than the sex though, but well, what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, well, there you go. I'm, I'm sure the girl I was with would say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I heard about Slipknot, it kind of made me think of uh, black metal in general and uh, yeah, Mayhem yeah. specifically, because mm. I heard this story that Clown in your band had a jar with a dead bird in it, oh, yeah. and you would all inhale from it the crow before Ugh. going on stage uh, and then <sighs> vomiting in your masks. It's such, a, it's, it's such an indelible memory that just you mentioning that, it's very Pavlovian, I smell it and it makes me want to throw up like it's it was bad we called it the sauce and it was slowly but surely breaking down and we would yeah we would huff it before every show um to the point where it before before it got really really bad and then clown uh buried it in the floor of the the club that he owned at the time like he yeah and then he got a new one and we started all over so how did that make you feel besides nauseous oh it you know not like you needed any help to get into the moment of being in slipknot but it definitely put us in a certain mindset um when it came to being on stage you know like it was uh, when we when we first started or at least when they first started because I, i joined two years later it was very pagan very like let's take everything that des moines represents and set it on fire musically and just go against everything was just against and it it, it felt so good and so liberating and so freeing that there was a year that it just felt like anything was possible for us and this was before we even got signed so it was it's a very empowering feeling knowing that you're kind of going it's almost like people who drop peyote to get in that state we were huffing disgustingness to uh you know kind of get into a whole other state i think that there, there was this swede call, who called himself dead he was the lead singer of mayhem up yes. until he shot himself in his yeah. head and he used to have a dead crow, crow with him in really? a plastic bag And he would take, he would inhale the rotten fumes before going on stage to get inspired. He might have invented that. He might have, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. So I guess Slipknot's just ripping off mayhem. <laughs> also, Watain. I'm not sure if you heard them. Oh yeah, the yeah, Swedish yeah. black metal band. band. Yeah. They, they used to, you know, spread a lot of um, fermented pig's blood on stage. Oh yes. And they often talk about how that puts them in a special mindset that, yeah. that they kind of connect to the reptile brain. Okay. Somehow, yeah. You, yeah. 
Yeah, that that. But that, some, some, something happens to the people in the audience as well if they feel those fumes. I just, you get that rusty taste in your mouth, like you can smell it. Yeah, I could see that. It take it's almost like the Cro-Magnon brain that they talk about, where you almost get down to that baser level, which is basically what rock and roll is about. Right? Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways. I don't care. They say my angel glow is subsiding. Uh, now, here's a song you recorded a couple of years ago with the world's fastest rapper. And I won't dare try to mend this tear. I love I'm fading. The good ones there's just dying. So I'm with her in a wig and I'm a trigger when I'm spreading. I'm attacking everybody till the feeling's gone. All my life I loved with people. So passive back then I thought I'd be above this evil. My tolerance level then was up with doves and eagles. Currently I've hit ground zero. So that's Tech Nine. Yeah, yeah. Midwest boy. He's from the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. He's from uh, he's from Kansas City. He uh, he, when he was he was a, a Slipknot fan. He, 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 he was to, a maggot. Really? Yeah, he was, wow. he still is. For the, yeah, he uh, in '99 started coming to our shows, and uh, was so, like he was really inspired by the first out al- first two albums. Um, so I'm pretty proud of that man. Yeah, and we got to know each other over the years. And he uh, he had he had this track with her, and he sent it to. He was like, "Would you be into doing something with me?" And I was like, "Of course," you know. So I wrote my bits, and uh, I tracked him in Vegas because I was you know kind of in between tours and whatnot. And I sent it to him, and my wife to this day still has this great uh, voicemail that he sent us after he got it, and it was all put together. And he was just screaming. He was just like, "Ah!" Yes, like he's like, oh, since '99, goddammit, a maggot since '99. This is amazing. Like he was so thrilled by it. Uh, it just make me feel so good, you know. It's one, probably one of the best things I've ever done. Slipknot playing here in Stockholm back in 99, I think. Yeah. I, I know this guy who worked as a bouncer and he was having a huge trouble controlling the wild fans or maggots, yeah. as they're called, yeah. jumping from stage. And he tried to escort this guy from the venue because he was making too much trouble. And the guy just screams, but I'm the fucking DJ. Let me go. Oh, Sid. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sid... At, yeah, back in the day, man, Sid would jump off anything. He can't really do it now. He's broken. <laughs> he's bro- he's broken a lot of stuff. Um, so he has a yeah, he has a hard. But, but time. he's not the one who broke both his heels, right? Yeah, that was Sid. Oh, first day of the All Hope Is Gone tour cycle. First show, hadn't played a show in two and a half years. First show, sold out show in Seattle, and uh, first song. He's in motorcycle boots, motorcycle riding boots um, for professional riding, which are set up in a certain way. Not exactly built for impact if you're jumping off something. 
he jumped off the top of the set carts, probably about eight feet onto his riser because he has a DJ uh, set up and broke both of them simultaneously at the same time. Had no idea. None of us knew. So we're just kind of doing it. I'm waiting for certain cues and intros that he's supposed to start and there's nothing. And I'm like, what? Dude, it's our, come on, man. You know better than that. Come to find out, he's in such horrible pain, but he stuck it out and stayed on stage. Didn't really do anything, but he's crawling around on his, like army crawling on his elbows and stuff just to be a part of the show. The the dude's nuts. Okay, here's a song you've covered live many times. Instantly recognizable. (laughs) What do you love about that song? I love the smoothness of it. I love the effortless feeling of it. I love the fact that if you really, truly appreciate music, you can immediately get into it because it's hooky as hell. You can appreciate it and you can just sit back and listen to it. There are certain songs where you have to feel a certain way when you hear it. Songs like that, you can listen to it in any environment. You can listen to it before you're going to bed. You can listen to it while you're driving. You can listen to it while it's on in the background. You can put it on purposefully because you just want to dance to it. It's it's an all-purpose song. I never dreamed that I'd meet somebody like you And I never dreamed that I'd lose somebody like you And it always makes me think of the movie I heard it in, Wild at Heart by David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. That's basically how it became a hit, I think. Yeah, I think so. It it appeared on the soundtrack. And And David Lynch is so good at using music in in his movies. Especially that song. Especially knowing that it jumps back and forth between that song and songs by Power Mad, which is so good, right? (laughs) And Nicolas Cage is like, except Power Mad! (laughs) Just starts punch dancing and you're like, what is happening? I I love that scene when they're driving through the desert and the Power Mad comes on the radio so they stop the car and they go like slam dancing or moshing in the desert. It's so good. And then, you know, the music, it's, it's sunset. Yeah, and the sun is like golden red, and then the music changes yeah. from Power Mad's speed metal yeah. to Richard Strauss. Yes, Im Abendrot. You know this beautiful classical piece of music. Yeah. When you came here to Stockholm back in '99, uh, the promoters told me later that you you came up with this, you know, great rock and roll expression when you demanded champagne to be served before you went on stage, and you you wanted champagne from from Moët de Chandon, the French uh, label, and apparently one of you guys said, 
No Moe, no Showy, no Shandon, no Bandon. You're kidding. Somebody in my band said that? Huh. It sounds very hip hop like. <laughs> it does. The thing is, I keep saying it. Hmm. It's, it's stuck with me ever since. I'm trying to think who in the who in the band would have said that. It had to have been it had to have been Clown and and, and those guys. Um, it might very well have been Clown. It might have been, yeah. That's you know, because like he some... wanted to wash down his sauce with something. I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tell you what, man. That and it's and I'm not saying that in a negative way because his brain, the way his mind works is it's it's impressive to watch because he's such an artist and he really is and and he doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he does. It's it's pretty rad. So if anybody was going to say that, that is actually pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I we, I feel like we could talk all day. Um, I have the same feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but sadly, I must go. Um, oh, yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, we we will definitely have to do this again. Uh, I hope so. Well, th- thanks for being here. No worries, man. Thank you very much, and uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Den här podcasten presenterades av Lejon Media i samarbete med Sonos. Producent var Daniel Bäckström och hemma hos Drage var Corey Taylor från Stone Sour och Slipknot. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.